0: Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where
1: I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. And today we are joined by two extra special guests, some other supernatural podcasters. We have Hannah and another Beth from Raising Tradition, but also Raising Winchesters, a supernatural prequel podcast as well.
2: Hello. <laughs> hey.
1: Hello.
3: <laughs> Welcome.
1: <laughs> We're happy to be here. It is so exciting to have you guys here. Thank you so much for joining us. I've got a couple of questions for you both. If you are happy to sort of give the audience a little bit of a who you are, assuming they don't already know. Sure. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Please. Awesome. Okay. So, and I mean, you guys can either answer in tandem or separately however you want to do it. But my first question is how long have you been a fan of Supernatural?
3: It has actually been exactly one year since I watched Supernatural for the first time. Like Really?
1: Yes. Oh so. well, congratulations. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> <I almost laughs> took you fast. It took it
3: it took me quickly and it grabbed on hard. Like I just
2: It gripped you tight. It gripped me
3: tight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it didn't let go. Cool. So it's been like exactly a year for you.
3: I was immediately in love with it I binged the entire series within three and a half weeks
1: <laughs> okay that
3: <laughs> Me- mentally ill
1: it's <laughs> so, okay so uh <laughs> if anything ties us together in fandom honestly like... <laughs> <Yes>. absolutely <laughs> amazing so you did you have any idea about like Supernatural or like the fandom before that or is like you really just went in blind and then three weeks then you just knew everything
3: well, I had gotten a few TikToks about Supernatural, and I had gotten a few about the end.
1: The algorithm always knows
3: specifically fifteen eighteen, um, and I was extremely interested to see what that was about. Mm-hmm. And I had, I was like aware of Supernatural vaguely in the background, like 2013, 2014, because you know fandom stuff. And so I just started playing it when I was like
2: playing Sims or something, and then I got extremely interested very fast. So. Yeah. And Hannah? Yeah, it was like three months after Beth. So <laughs> I like started watching and the first few episodes were far too scary. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> but I started watching because my older sister had already watched. She's not nearly as obsessed as like, anyone in fandom is she just likes it um yeah. and so I was like I can't do this and I told Beth I started watching the show Supernatural but like it's just too scary and she was like oh my god <laughs> you have to keep going and she hadn't finished yet I think when I talked to her about that and then I eventually started watching and it was it was probably like November December of last year that it really got me good I basically bullied her into watching yeah That's okay. That's
1: exactly how Jamie and I got here. So
0: (laughs) unites all bets.
1: Yeah, we have a common goal. Bully you. (laughs) Yes, they will. You had it here, folks. (laughs) Okay. Do you guys have a favorite character? Now, this could be main trio, or it could be a side character. It could be someone who showed up literally once. Or if you want, what some people have done is pick a character from the main trio, and then also like a more secondary or minor character. So go nuts. We're happy to hear any and all.
3: I think both of our handles on social media pretty much tell
1: <laughs> who our favorite characters are. Mine is Cass, and mine's Dean. Both excellent choices. I would love to yeah. pick a secondary. You know, I gotta think about it though.
3: I really like Claire.
1: Claire, Claire. is a good one. I, I like think Claire. I don't think anyone has said Claire yet, so that's that's yeah, that's a good one.
2: I don't know that I have a second. A second okay, like, choose one. That's one. Really? They're like like I, the only, I only character. Have one <laughs> yeah, Dean. It's Dean. one, one Dean. man for me. Dean. <laughs> Dean. 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 <laughs> The only other character I can think of right now for some reason is or the Reaper from Faith. So I don't okay. think he would be my, my second favorite character, but I do like him. That is, that is also one we've never had before. I
1: bet.
3: <laughs>
0: it's a really
1: interesting choice, Anna.
2: It's a very specific one as well. Like I talked to, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know why he's just been on my mind.
0: I, I would understand if it was the reaper from um 201 where we spend like a, quite a bit of time tessa. with the, tessa the reaper but i'm pretty sure yeah. like the reaper in faith doesn't
2: speak he just, he's no. nameless he no. doesn't speak and then he murders the lady who's been summoning him that's what i like about okay. him because he gets he gets what's his in the end yeah. he's like you have been doing this to me and now I get my revenge and he's just his smile is so creepy but also it's like hey good for you bud I'm so happy for you
1: I cannot believe you just said the grim reaper we love to see a girl boss winning <laughs>
3: no good one way to go Hannah I support all of your decisions
2: That's yeah so but funny. number one is Dean it's really close but Dean is. I'm
1: obsessed with that answer. okay um it's <laughs> gonna take me a second <laughs> Ooh. we've been um talking about on where we parents what characters from supernatural we'd be excited to see in the prequel and i tell you that reaper has not come up <laughs> but now i'm kind of excited that maybe we'll get him back maybe
2: maybe we will he has you a know, place in that show i think exactly there's so there's, many characters you could have chosen <laughs> <laughs> rowena crowley <laughs> you picked them i couldn't think Ro- of anybody <laughs> else truthfully the only other person I could think of was Sam and I was like as a secondary
0: character
2: you like Cass more than Sam I know but you already said Cass
0: <laughs> I have a monopoly on Cass and if, if, yes you do there are layers to that now we don't have time to unpack all that
3: <laughs> <laughs> so do either of you have a favorite episode that was really hard because I like so many of them I'm going to say Tombstone, even though it's not technically, I don't think it's a good episode, but I do love it.
2: We have tattoos for Tombstone. Oh, awesome. Beth matches. Oh, okay. That's so
1: cute. I love that so much.
2: The
0: question was not, what do you think the best episode of Supernatural? True. What is your favorite favorite episode? Because I would argue none of them are good.
2: Well, such a good point. A great point. I don't know. I don't I don't think I have a favorite episode I was so when I watched Supernatural the whole time I was texting Beth like my thoughts the whole time because she wanted me to and also because I I had to talk to somebody and so when you sent us these questions I was like Beth what's my favorite episode like you would know better (laughs) than I would and she was like I honestly don't know (laughs) I was like what was the point in texting you all my thoughts if you weren't gonna keep track I will say that
0: seems way more efficient than what I do which is then go around to Beth's house and just like talk at a for an hour back. Like, just texting during the episode seems so much more efficient
3: yeah she would be like all right I'm starting this episode and I would just sit by my phone and wait for live updates
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then towards the end we started doing like Netflix watch parties and we would like FaceTime at the same time and be like hee!" Like, like look Tombstone. at each other while we were watching. I made her yeah. watch Tombstone with me because I wanted to watch it with her so I like Tombstone as well but I don't know if I have a favorite tombstone is pretty good i'm
1: i'm really excited actually i know it's ages away but i'm excited to get there for jamie because i think when you ask people on twitter like what people's favorite episodes were tombstone was one that came up a lot i've
0: definitely heard of the gay cowboy episode (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's
2: all i know about
0: it it's the gay cowboy episode and everyone seems to either like like it or like they're like frothing at the mouth over it you know what i mean both yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely Quite simultaneously (laughs) like it's possible the brain rhymes can really do some truly remarkable things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that brings us to my next question, which is probably
1: like the meatiest or most difficult to answer one. So essentially, like what does Supernatural mean to you or what about it drove you to start a podcast?
3: Supernatural actually does mean a lot to me because one, it made me and Hannah significantly closer. Like we've been best friends for 20 years, but you know, we've lived apart. And we texted each other often, but like the pandemic, we hadn't seen each other. And then, so we just connected over that again. And that's going to be like the most important thing because we talk every single day now. And then the fandom, like finding friends and a community that I never would have found if I hadn't watched Supernatural. Pretty meaningful, even though the show can be awful sometimes.
1: Yeah.
2: Friendship. Yeah. My answer was pretty similar. Specifically starting the podcast was like just another way for like me and Beth to talk more often. And drive our husbands insane. I got to include my sister in it too, which is really fun. Who is like kind of Beth and my sister are kind of like sisters since we've been friends so long. So it's just a fun little thing. And then I hadn't really thought a lot about like the concept of found family before I watched Supernatural. And so, like Beth was kind of saying through fandom, like I kind of feel like you gain friends, but also some people that feel like closer than friends. And it's just like I have a really small family. So that's special to me. And then also like I have a lot of religious trauma. So I enjoyed watching Supernatural and how they change up Christianity and like kind of in a silly way, it feels like. But honestly, kind of like figuring out what I believe, like while I was watching it and like who I believe God to be and things like that. It's not a religious show, but it puts, you know, it sprinkles enough stuff in that I was able to, I feel like heal from a lot of things. So that was nice. Just a special show, even though it does indeed suck.
1: I think that's actually the perfect way to summarize it Yeah, <laughs> like, because what is really interesting and part of why I, I like asking this question is because what you guys have said is like simultaneously very individual and personal to yourselves but also is so common across everyone that we've spoken to about it like even before like the pod like interacting on tumblr and then things and hearing what people had to say about what the show meant to them was always like both very like individual but also so holistic in terms of Mm -hmm. like community and finding like like like-minded people and so many people talk about religious trauma or queer trauma or like you know all of these things that can feel so isolating but then being able to like talk about it and view it and express it through like a media lens I think can actually be like super helpful and like healing in like a lot of ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect it to be yeah, <laughs> yeah especially sure. in like a CW early 2000s and monster hunting cowboy, show,
0: they handle some of it
1: yeah yeah well that's the other thing yeah but the community that like the fandom has created I think is is kind of what keeps people around yeah yeah so this is the part where we ask you to shamelessly self-promote yourselves so where can people find you on social media where can they find your podcasts what are your handles all that good stuff
3: for me, Beth, am I Beth one or Beth two? I should probably be Beth two since
1: it's not my podcast.
3: <laughs> For Beth two, you can find me, Beth Loves Cast on Twitter and
0: TikTok. I post a lot. so
1: And it's delightful.
0: <laughs> I
2: believe the technical term is
0: terminally online. <laughs> yes, I think yes. so.
2: On TikTok and Twitter, I'm Hannah Loves L-U-V-S, Dean, because love spelled correctly was taken. So yeah, Hannah that's loves tragedy. Dean on TikTok and Twitter. I know. I know <laughs> heartbroken that it couldn't match Beth's exactly. But it's fine. We moved on. I post a lot of I like when I do post on TikTok, it's like a lot of supernatural, but also a lot of Taylor Swift. So if you're a fan of Taylor Swift, yeah, you're gonna you're you'll probably like it or you'll think I'm an idiot for how I rank my songs, but that's fine. You can think <laughs> that. I don't care, just don't tell me. <laughs> I don't want to be offended.
3: And then for our podcast, for Raising Perdition and Raising Winchesters, on TikTok, it's just at Raising Perdition or at Raising Winchesters. And then on Twitter, those were too long, so we had to get creative. So for Raising Perdition, it's our perdition pod. And for Raising Winchesters, it's our Winchesters pod.
1: Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add before we get started talking about the actual episode, or are you good to go? I
2: think I'm good. I'm just happy to be here. Just excited to vibe. Yeah, (laughs)
1: We can provide
2: vibes. (laughs) That's what I'm here for is vibes.
1: Awesome. Okay. In that case, today we are all here to talk about season four, episode 14, titled
0: Sex and Violence. Guys, what did you think? Okay. I want to start out the episode. I just, right at the top. I think it just needs to be said because it permeates this entire episode. Bobby does not get paid enough for this fucking bullshit. (laughs) He does not get (laughs) adequately compensated for his fucking time and energy that he spends on these fucking disaster human beings like (laughs) not even close
3: you're absolutely correct yeah we stand, bobby on Mm -hmm. at raising perdition um Mm -hmm. so
2: as you
1: should as we all should
2: bobby deserves financial compensation and also like a thank you or a hug (laughs) or something (laughs) he's just like it's like they just expect it yeah anything
1: they should send him, like, you know how you can get, like, you can buy, like, a fucking card for everything? I'm sure yeah, yeah. that in, like, whatever petrol station and whatever back road, they can find, like, a thanks, like, you know, celebrations card. That Thank you just for talk.
0: saving my life from that, in- <laughs> like, that monster that we thought didn't even fucking exist because yeah. we were trusting John's journal, which we should know by now is a bad idea. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And, like, Bobby even says, like, at the very end of this episode, he's like... You could have just picked up the phone. It literally took one call to figure out that this guy didn't fucking exist.
3: I think I heard you talk about it once that you're like, Bobby like has the brain cells. Like there's only so many <laughs> brain cells to go
1: around and like often it's Bobby. Yeah, collectively they have three. Bobby usually is in possession of two and a half, if not all three, of those. <laughs>
3: Because we're talking about Bobby. I feel like as soon as he got the call from the what we know now as a fake FBI agent, Mm -hmm. I feel like he was immediately like, I
1: need to go, I need to drive down there and make sure they're okay. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever there's like a kind of monster that has the potential to manipulate the boys or like pit them against each other, I feel like Bobby is always the one who like shows up midway through the episode to be like, you guys are fucking morons. What like? (laughs) And he's like always like being like, all right,
3: guys.
0: Be careful, like yeah. Don't trust anything. And the boys are like, "Okay, we're just gonna assume that this dude who says he's an FBI agent is actually an FBI agent, because no one would ever impersonate the FBI, right? (laughs) Right?
2: Like, there's no way all three of us are impersonating an FBI agent. We know it's us, so it must not be him. Which so statistically,
1: like statistically, (laughs) I have a (laughs) point. That's so true. But yeah, I love that their, their logic seems to be like, well, well, we're impersonating the FBI, so no one else could possibly be doing that. But yeah, it, it's just so fucking funny. They have main character disease. They, well, yes.
2: (laughs) They absolutely do. They
3: certainly suffer from that.
1: So obviously there's like a whole bunch of stuff to cover this episode for a variety of topics. I was thinking, did we want to maybe like break it down a little bit into characters, I suppose? Like, do we want to cover Sam's stuff and then
0: Dean's stuff? One question to this. Yes. When has a strategy like this ever worked for <laughs> keeping us on
1: topic? <laughs> it's worked exactly zero times, but I,
2: <laughs> I still like and this that. time it's going to be different? You didn't have us before. <laughs> yeah, me and Hannah always yeah. stay on topic. <laughs> maybe <laughs> what we needed
1: was <laughs> Hannah and Beth to keep us focused. <laughs>
0: Ooh. Oh no!
1: Oh yikes! <laughs> Not to put that pressure on you guys.
0: <laughs> despite the fact you a- absolutely
1: just did put that pressure. On. It's, it's a really daunting
3: task. If we pick a character, yeah. and if you guys start talking about any other character, I'm just going to scream the character we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Sam. We're supposed
1: to be talking about Sam. That will make my job editing so delightful. I. <laughs> 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 I can't wait to have my eardrums absolutely destroyed. Okay. The reason that I was going to suggest that, but look, that's fine. We'll throw that out the window. I want to talk about Sam having his super secret phone call in the bathroom at the very beginning of the episode. Just because, first of all, I think it's very entertaining to watch Dean pull literally the oldest trick in the book, which is I'm fake asleep. But he's also really bad (laughs) at it. I felt Mm. like he was bad at it too. The way he like pops back down, I'm like, (laughs)
3: how did Sam not know this?
1: But the reason I wanted to talk about that is because I think this is potentially like, you know how sometimes characters have like tells and stuff and you can be like, oh, I feel like something's off there and like they're lying to me. I feel like this scene, obviously, like when Sam, quote unquote, wakes Dean up, he, you know, says like, oh, I wish like just in the can or whatever, like you want me to draw you a picture? Like he is lying through his fucking teeth. But I don't think that if I had the audience context of having seen him having the discussion, I don't know if I would have been able to tell he was lying. Like, I don't know if that's just me,
0: but Mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like he's lying through his teeth, but he's doing it well. Which is concerning that he's lying through his teeth and it's not completely obvious that he's lying through his teeth. Cause like baby season one, Sam was shit at lying. Like so shit at lying. Like his (laughs) his go-to move was, we should just tell them the truth. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) Cause he knew he couldn't lie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think if anything, it's just like, like his posture. Like, I feel like he just gets like a little, like more like up. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't know if I, it's even, like, describing what I'm... That's the only mm. way I can...
0: It's sort of like he stands up straighter, so it's like, I am yes. standing, I'm... Yes. What, how could I be hiding something? He's my like, posture's yeah. so proud. Yes. I dare
2: you to question me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. can I express moral superiority through body language yeah.
2: alone? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, like, question my character. I dare you. And it's like, because it's Sam, and, like, you're not going to. So as Dean points out in this episode, he only ever fucks monsters. Look... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm really glad they bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I love that they put that in the dialogue text. Like it's it's fairly obvious as like an audience member, but the fact that they're like, oh yeah, that is weird that he keeps doing that. <laughs> <laughs> keeps fucking monsters. <laughs> I did want to talk about this because the episodes that we've recorded on it haven't released yet. They'll they still be weeks away, but we did have quite a lengthy discussion about Sam and his sexual tendencies when we get the reveal in, is it 409? Where he's, like, talking to Dean and he about, like, what he and Ruby were getting up to while Dean was in hell. And we get, like, the very explicit, like, sex scenes and stuff. And it's very... We talked a lot about how Sam's sex scenes always feel very aggressive. Like, very, like... There's not much in the sense of, like, tender, like, loving, you know...
0: It's also really funny that at this point, they've pointed out that he always fucks monsters. And at this point, Dean's fucked, like, two different angels. So... (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're so proud
3: of yourself. <laughs> That's such a good point, Jamie.
1: <laughs> fuck the trickster yes. three. Oh my god, Jamie, where to God. I just listened to that episode. This is gonna haunt me forever. <laughs> I will never escape this. <laughs> anyway, I'm so, proud so proud of yourself too. You're just, you're just doing your little dance. Sometimes I wish we had like a visual podcast format because I don't think people can quite appreciate how proud of herself. Jamie is when she makes me want to cry.
0: <laughs> I'm out here vibing. Yeah. She's like, I'm tormenting Beth. It's not my fault. You're not emotionally stable enough for what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought of that before watching Supernatural in your formative years.
3: You. You're so right. It's all my it's
1: fault. Such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Sam
3: is very aggressive with his mm-hmm. sex scene. Super like. And which is interesting because he's always painted as to be, like, the sensitive one between uh-huh. the brothers. And, like, Dean is the aggressive person.
0: But Sam has morals, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah, Sam is a good person. <laughs> we saw the, the sex scene with Dean and Anna. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that is right. considerably much softer.
1: Mm. Or even, like, with Cassie, like, in back, way back in uh, season one, the comparisons are, like, ridiculous ridiculous like they're very consistent for both brothers across multiple seasons and multiple partners and it's just such a fascinating like it feels weird to be like comparing their sex scenes but also like for for like an analytical standpoint
0: like it is kind mm-hmm. of relevant
1: I yeah I agree
0: yeah, yeah like and Sam's sex scene this episode is probably the softest sex scene we've ever actually seen with. yeah Sam. actually
1: I know that Dean makes the whole thing about like why do you keep like hooking up with monsters and stuff but what I find really interesting is like we start with like obviously Jess, right? Like he he's with Jess at the very beginning and she, Jess and Mary in like the pilot episode are very much like, they're not really characters as yeah. such. They're more like symbols, I suppose, I think is yeah. how I described it um, early, early on. Because like, you know, they both like the long blonde hair and the blue eyes and like, you know, white nightgowns and whatever, like they're very symbolic of, you know, stereotypical, like like innocence, I suppose. And so what's really interesting to me is that Sam's like type it seems is like really assertive brunettes like Madison Ruby and now Kara. I'm like damn this boy has a type he and like does. even going in like thinking season eight like yeah like it tracks <laughs> you know such a good point yeah. you know or even like I mean you already sort of know about Eileen like yeah. you know it, it's yeah. kind of you know like he starts with Jess but boy has a type and that ain't it he was so
0: traumatized he was like I am doing opposite of that opposite. yeah <laughs> I mean we've talked a little bit about how Sam's John coded mm-hmm. Now, gotta make it, it kind of makes you wonder whether like John even loved Mary at all as well like if they're gonna parallel this as well and whether they're gonna like have it be because they they've paralleled Jess and Mary and it's like well for Sam's type to switch so significantly from Jess to this more sort of like demonic almost sort of like you know more powerful more, like it's like well did he ever actually love jess or was jess just like sort of a porn that hell was using to manipulate sam
1: we can't elaborate on most of what you just said <laughs> <laughs> oopsie <laughs> i had to google something we get some later we get some later context for john and mary okay. and yeah. their relationship but also we get like further context on how like Jess and Sam met and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So like, we can talk about this later. Also, <laughs> it makes it a little tricky, right? The second.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's ever actually made it into the pod, but at this point, my theory is that Jess is not Jess. Jess was actually like possessed by a demon. So like at the time as like, or, like part of the Zazel's like strategy. Part of Zazel's strategy in that. It's a very interesting theory. We'll come back to it.
1: <laughs> I do want to very quickly point out that this episode is really the epitome of something that we've been touting since the pilot, which is men are stupid and horny and sam is clearly no fucking exception i agree yeah. this man yeah.
3: we love to talk about how sam is unhinged particularly mm-hmm. in the early seasons yeah and the fact yeah. that this man was not under a siren spell and decided mm-hmm. to fuck someone while
1: while well, actively hunting a siren yeah Lunacy. that could yeah.
3: possibly be in like poisoning or like controlling people through sex
1: and he decides to have sex with someone Yes. Again, coming back to like previous episodes, he slept with Madison when they were literally in the middle of a hunt specifically involving Madison. What is wrong with this boy? I
0: I was waiting for the reveal that they were both sirens, like that it wasn't just the fake FBI agent because I realised that one, like that something was off there. This, This first scene we get after, like Bobby's done the fake phone call and then it's like Dean and the fake FBI dude at the strip club. I realized something was up there and then like I thought oh maybe they're gonna do it so like both of them are sirens and they're both like, like working together or something and I was like really ready for it to be like the plot twist of oh actually you thought it was only like these three men or whatever that went insane and killed there and like to have like a whole bunch of wives who'd gone insane and done the same thing they just hadn't noticed it because the wives were better at covering it up but like I was like oh so you just threw a sex scene in there for no reason like
3: yeah it was yeah. just like a, it, yeah. it was red herring
0: there's a red yeah. herring
2: like I, I do feel like feel like a lot of times Sam acts like he is this like picturesque like perfect character and we true. but we get these right, but we get these scenes where like he's just not, and i it just frustrates me sometimes, but like not being able to see how like some of these things Sam does, like having sex with this random person when she could be a siren who's gonna have him kill somebody like that is not a great thing to do, like he should have thought through that. <laughs>
1: I honestly think that part of this episode and like actually what's really important about the overall narrative in terms of this episode is Sam's arrogance. I have that written down in my (laughs) ass. And I think that's part of it because like he is so arrogant in thinking that he can keep everything that he's doing with Ruby from Dean. He's arrogant in the sense where he thinks that there's no way that him sleeping with Kara could go wrong. He's arrogant in the scene where he and Dean are both under the influence of the venom and like the way they're Mm. speaking to each other I have more notes on that (laughs) to get into but I genuinely think that this episode just really overall highlights his just arrogance and his cockiness and the fact that it's not actually necessarily deserved like he's not actually pulling a lot of this off and his decisions that he's making are clearly inherently flawed and the some of the sort of opinions that he shares like as an audience member it's very blatantly disillusioned
0: i suppose you know i also think one of the things that makes sam interesting as a character is the fact that he is so flawed like yeah. and that he has all these flaws but he's trying to run a million miles away from them at the fastest speed he possibly can but he doesn't understand that the choices he's making are just leading him further down the road. leading him further yeah. down the road and like that inherent sort of like i don't know like almost tragedy of like yeah He's yeah. trying to not be a monster, and he's trying to make decisions. But his choices—he thinks that aren't making a monster—are actually the furthering. wrong. Choice. They're furthering his journey away from what <laughs> yes. is actually good.
3: Yeah, like, he's so sure always that he makes the right choice. Like it yeah. doesn't even matter, like what choices that we're talking about. Like since season one, he is always so certain that whatever he's choosing is the right thing to do, and he doesn't even think about other options.
1: To me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <like> the jonification justification <laughs> of Sam Winchester. Exactly. Uh, like, yeah.
2: that's so relevant. much like John.
1: <laughs> exactly. And even, like, even talking about false imprisonment blues, they have that discussion about, you know, Sam basically being like, well, these are criminals. And Dean being like, we're fucking criminals. What are you talking about? <laughs> we break like, the you know, all the time. You know, and Sam's <laughs> like, doesn't it worry you how well you fit in here? And Dean's like, no, like, what do you mean? Like, we are way more like these people then we're like then we're more similar than we are different. And Sam has this idea that like, no, no, like when we do it, it's different. Like, you know, justified. (laughs) Yeah. And it comes down to, I suppose, perspective. But I always have found it very interesting. And this is not to shit on Sam because I I, like I agree with Jamie. I think part of what makes his character so fascinating is his complex morality and like the Mm -hmm. way that he sort of interprets the morality of all the situations going on around him and then his own decisions as well
3: supernatural is a really long show so like he's dealing with all that now but like i like that he has these flaws because now like he gets to work through them you know like we get to see the journey that it takes him on like learning like maybe he's not always right you know yeah. Something like that
0: if the character yeah, right. doesn't have flaws there's no real room for character development yeah
2: exactly and that's boring yeah you don't want like we don't like real people who are seem like they have it all together either because it's like it makes us feel badly about ourselves so like why would we want to watch a character who's just perfect? I wasn't, I wasn't trying to shit on Sam either, just to be clear. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't want anyone listening to think I hate Sam. I don't. While we are on the topic of Sam
1: and his like decisions and like bits and pieces, I did want to mention when he gets off the phone with Dean, and Dean has just basically said, "No, I'm not going to work with you. I don't trust you right now because I think that you could be infected." Sam like fully like yeets his phone across the room, like he like chucks that. And I don't think, yeah, have we ever, like, to this, like, we've seen Sam angry, we've seen him make rash decisions and stuff. But, like, usually, if someone's, like, destroying an inanimate object, it is Dean. Like, usually, like, he either smashes up the car or he throws a lamp. For some reason, that boy has something against lamps, you know? (laughs) But, like, Sam, like, usually, it's like he'll, like, yell or he'll take out, like, his next kill or something will be, like, more aggressive than usual. But I don't think, do we usually see him, like, throw
0: things?
3: I can't recall anything. It's also like a little like a tantrum episode. Oh yeah. What you're
0: saying is Dean's banging a lamp.
1: I do you know what, (laughs) Jamie? (laughs) It's so hard when you know some things and not all things. Oh gosh. I think I'm very funny. So (laughs) the problem is you don't know why you're funny. (laughs) You're funny without context. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So I thought that was uh, just interesting. Like. We don't usually see Sam sort of losing his temper in that particular fashion. Like we see him lose his temper, but just not typically like that. Yeah, so like physically aggressive.
3: Yeah, like, you know, he's being so secretive and I feel like it's just like all starting to like become an issue, like with all his like secrets, like the secret phone call with Ruby is just becoming too much. Mm -hmm. And like, it's really starting to affect him negatively, like with his personality Yeah. (laughs) or his like responses.
1: Yeah, and I also think like, I think what's like important to Sam and Jamie actually made a really good point a couple episodes ago where she mentions that rather than Sam and Dean actually being loyal to each other, like realistically, it seems like they're loyal to the idea of each other. And I think that part of what keeps Sam thinking to himself that like, oh, I am like the good moral upstanding citizen, like I'm doing the right thing is Dean's opinion of him. And so if Dean is like, no, I don't trust you. I don't like what you're doing. I think that that for him is like quite a significant sort of mm-hmm. chunk out of his like moral armor, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but.
3: Yeah, no, I think I I agree. We talk about yeah. a lot how like Dean parents Sam, especially like oh, in the beginning. Yeah. And so it's kind of like his father figure is like telling him like, I don't trust you right now. Like, I'm pretty disappointed in you right now. Mm-hmm. It's hearing
2: that from a father figure is just absolutely because like he he heard those things from john as well like Mm -hmm. at least when john when he went off to college but yeah like his father-son connection with dean is definitely stronger than it is with john so like he would feel it more and i think that's a good point beth both beths um (laughs) (laughs) like that hearing that from dean he's maybe like well that sucks to hear but like i'm not willing to make any changes to make it not true but it's still sex to hear
1: it kind of reminded me of i forget which episode it is but i want to say that it's at some point in season two and it's when sam is having that whole like sort of conundrum of like oh all the psychic children we meet are like murderers and like terrible and that means i must be a murderer and terrible and it's like what are you talking about but one of the things that he says it's like well you have something that none of them did and sounds like what like dad And he's like no you're more on me you know (laughs) and and that is it's true like so much of like at this point in the series at least like dean's role is protecting sam obviously but part of that is protecting sam from himself and Mm -hmm. protecting sam from like wanting to go down these these paths that is clear is not a good decision and it's interesting that it seems to have gone from Dean being like a necessary protective role that Sam like respects and understands the necessity of to being like an irritating hurdle that's like kind of in his way and he just wishes wasn't
0: there anymore. Sam's in his teenager phase. He's rebelling, yeah. yeah especially his <laughs> he's not a mom. We know that <laughs> Dean's not just trying to protect Sam from himself, but he's also trying to protect Sam from the angels who have given Dean the task of stop whatever the fuck Sam is doing Otherwise, yeah. we will fucking kill him. Which is, like,
3: obviously incredible pressure on Dean because, like, <laughs> like, how can you... He already had this pressure, like, from his dad yeah, to, like, protect Sam right. and, and, like, save him or kill him, and then he has to do it because now angels are involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Long, long-suffering sigh is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and one of the other things is, like, we've talked about this as well, is that when John, like, John... Being shitty parent John, like who was surprised. But when he said to Dean, like, if you can't save him, you have to kill him. Dean still had the autonomy in that. He still had the choice to be like, I get to decide when Sam's gone too far and I can't, you know, I have to do something. But now, like, that choice has been removed from him. And the angels are like, we'll decide when Sam's gone too far. And that's when mm-hmm. we we're gonna step in. And so that's like an extra pressure as well, because Dean doesn't actually have a gauge on one, what the fuck Sam is doing. <laughs> he knows Sam's doing something. <laughs> right. He just doesn't know what. But also.
0: Like, he doesn't know what would constitute going too far. He doesn't know where that line in the sand, sand is drawn. So he has to kind of draw the line at nothing.
1: Like, you can do nothing because I don't know at what point beyond right. nothing, someone else is mm-hmm. going to take that decision from me and be like, not enough, like, too much, not enough, not good yeah. enough.
3: And he also, like, yeah. doesn't really trust the angels. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, that's another, like, he doesn't know what their morality even is. Like, what what do they constitute as, like, what's too far for Sam he doesn't even know what that means to them
1: yeah exactly and like Cass has already said to him like you know we're not here to perch on your shoulder like and we'll fuck you up basically
0: <laughs> you know <laughs> it's another an entire town yeah literally <laughs> do you guys have any guesses as to what my PSA is
1: you can take a minute <laughs> I usually take a minute <laughs> sometimes she takes 10 the only rule is uh, you have It has to be something that's actually applicable to real life. Jamie has told me off before for being like, you know. It can't
0: be like, don't fuck a siren. Because yeah. sirens aren't real. It's not an actual PSA. Yeah. That we okay. know of. Yeah. Well, see, that's my point.
1: <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> see? Stop giving her ideas. Best thing alike. like. Oh, I actually God. don't have a guess for your PSA lined up. I really should have thought about that. <laughs> Every week we
3: do a favorite moment. And I'm the one who oh made start God. doing that. And I never have a
1: favorite moment of them.
3: So.
2: I literally will text them the day of and be like, don't forget your favorite moments. And we'll start recording. And they're like, oh my God, I don't have a favorite moment. And I'm like, why did I even text you? My my guess is don't drink after strangers. That's a good one. Okay. I am going to say to always have a backup
1: plan because when, no, don't laugh at me because <laughs> when sam and dean are like they see nick and he's also pretending to be fbi they have the backup plan of okay well that's fine you can just call bobby you know and that's their backup Mm -hmm. plan if they didn't have that they'd be fucked so Mm -hmm. that's that's my takeaway my
3: psa is if you're in a fight don't stop and talk about how great you are because then if you lose it's embarrassing
1: (laughs) (laughs) excellent (laughs) i love that so much
0: I think all of those are
1: actually pretty valid. They're, I like, they're all pretty we done Well, guys. Yeah.
0: My PSA this week, I've got to say, I'm with Bobby. Do not drink and drive. He literally oh, yeah. says it to them. They're like sodas. And he's like, yeah, sodas, you're fucking driving. Mm. Do not drink and drive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that's, I don't think we have to elaborate on that. I did mm-hmm. love both of your guesses also. Yeah. I think between the four of us, we've given some excellent advice. So. Yes. If no one takes anything else from this episode, take this five minute section.
0: Cut everything else. That's the entire episode. Exactly. Have a lovely afternoon, Laura. <laughs> yeah, thanks. thanks for inviting us. Bye. That's <laughs> yeah, we
3: loved it. Bye. We won't even talk about Bye Dean. It's not important anymore. No, no.
1: Irrelevant. Why we all, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. While we are talking about Bobby. Mm-hmm. I I know I already said like look Bobby deserves financial compensation yeah. we can all agree on that I want to do a quick shout out to the moment where Bobby just straight up stabs Dean in the shoulder and doesn't blink doesn't think twice he's like do you know what you're infected I'm just gonna stab the shit out of you and you know what valid
0: but it's it's not even yeah. just like you're infected it's you're infected and a fucking dumbass <laughs> yeah
3: yeah I feel like it was kind of punishment he's like I can't believe
2: I had to drive all the way down here both of you are infected I swear. <laughs> i agree he's he's angry about it it's not just to help him he's like mm, he's shitting her out yeah he also knew where you wear to stab to where dean would be
3: fine like it's oh, gonna yeah, hurt yeah, yeah. But like-,
1: like non-lethal stabbing
3: it's Absolutely. a of affection,
1: exactly <laughs> well yeah. before i want to say anything <laughs> <laughs> okay and i didn't want to talk about at the very end of the episode and we'll get to by dean in a second yeah no it's fine when bobby has given them the drinks and then he's sort of turning to leave and he's like Are you guys gonna be okay and they're like yeah yeah he like turns back and kind of like looks over his shoulder and he says just in general but I do think it was maybe more directed at Dean those sirens and nasty things that it got to you that's no reason to feel bad and I do kind of feel like that's like I understand what he's saying contextually but I also think if you read between the lines it's kind of like a it's okay to be gay like do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like it's kind of the vibe that I do get from that is him being like it's okay like I'm not gonna judge you Mm -hmm. for this and I do think it's important to like note particularly with Desire in this episode and this is partially why I was like really keen to have you guys here for this because I really want to get your thoughts this particular episode is really really interesting in terms of the monster the way it's framed and then of course like the relation to Dean and the ongoing discussion of his sexuality so I I am very interested to kind of get all three of your thoughts on this particular topic because I'm very excited about it and I'm very
2: passionate about it (laughs)
0: this seems far too deep for me i want to know like some logistics about the siren and how like it works though because like
2: yes
0: (laughs) if if the siren can infect people by like literally drinking out of the same cup as them what is the fucking point of sleeping with all of these goddamn people like that seems like so much unnecessary work (laughs) (laughs) as as sam said he's just letting around town because he likes it
1: see here's here's why this is important is that at no point in the episode does Sam or Bobby know that the siren doesn't have to sleep with you to infect you. Like, that is... is right. they're on leading us. the oh, The siren, siren literally spits in his face and not, infects him. So, I mean, it's implied that... But, like, in general, the MO is not that. Yeah. Right. So, the whole thing through the episode is they're talking about, like, you know, oh, like, you have to sleep with them and that's why Dean's so pissy at Sam because Sam slept with Kara. And then... Sam finds out Deed is infected. Doesn't even blink. He's doesn't like, phase him yeah, at all. Okay, A. like he catches up. He's like, "Oh, okay, Dean's infected." And then end of end of thought. Like, yep. And they never ever discuss it.
3: <laughs> that drives yeah. me insane because mm-hmm. I don't feel like the writers like wanted us to think that hard about it. But like they, that's like, just Sam the tagline and-
0: at this point. It's like the writers didn't want you to think this hard about it.
3: Yeah, because, like, they're, like, on the phone with Bobby when they're talking about, like, how it's, like, a supernatural STD. Like, they all agree, like, okay, most likely this is how it's infecting people. Mm-hmm. Because the men were literally banging the strippers. Yeah. So, like, why yeah. would they be doing that? It, like, yeah. And then, yeah. I, and Dean. Yeah. Not Dean. Nick is just, like, casually on the bed in that in the hotel yeah. room. And Sam walks in and he doesn't even. Yeah. Sorry, I'm losing my mind.
1: No, it's fine. <laughs> This is a safe space. <laughs> oh my gosh.
3: Yeah, I all that Sam does is just like insult the Siren but doesn't say anything about Dean's sexuality and then he doesn't bring it up ever again.
1: And what is like really interesting to me is that like yes, we know that Dean got infected because he like shared the flask. But the Siren didn't offer Dean the drink. Dean offered the Siren the drink. So what was the Siren's fucking plan? Like this is right. the thing because the sirens MO, the whole episode is that it seduces people. And like, yes, like they kind of try to make it like, oh, he wants like a brother, but like that's really weird.
3: I hate it so much. Like I feel like yeah. they really wanted the siren to be a guy, as like they wanted it to be like the, the guy's era. constantly for the looking for a woman. Thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And so they wanted this trick. And they're like, but it can't be gay. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: like <laughs> it's brokenly leather. That's brotherly love. I detest it. And like, the thing is that it doesn't make any fucking sense either. No. And and then the other thing is that they would never have done this plot with Sam. Like, that's the other thing. Like, it wouldn't have worked.
3: One of my reasons why I don't think it's actually brotherly love. Like, they're at a strip club, Dean and Nick. And they're just, like, bonding over Led Zeppelin. And, like, when has him and Sam, like, ever done that or like wanted to do that like I don't feel like that's something Dean wants to do with his brother I go think to the strip idea was though that and... they're like
0: he's the perfect younger brother cares about classic cars likes Led Zeppelin like yeah
3: yeah I get that, that that's what they're wanting but I feel like the, the fact that they're in the strip club like that happening just makes it
1: like it feels more like a date to me
3: than just
1: exactly and Sam's comment is like focus on the naked girls you'll forget he's even there they're not watching the fucking girls
3: how oh. they're not like, yeah, he like my my where
0: he's like ogling a stripper off to the side because he thinks it might be the siren and then he's yes. like yeah but then even then he turns his head away and actually like
1: shakes his head and like, he's, like
3: and he's not under the sirens like poison no. then like this is purely mm-hmm. just him interested in this person sitting across from him
1: mm-hmm.
3: and like sure he's saying all the right things because he can read his mind but like they make Dean so unnecessarily like Horny and like always being a womanizer, Mm for them there to just be like girls readily available for him to look at. He sure isn't looking at
2: them. So
0: it's the gay panic. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) I also noticed, and this is like purely Jensen Ackles acting and, and maybe not on purpose, but this is what comes across when after he drinks after the siren, the siren says like. I should be your brother and Dean still looks confused when he says that but then he says we could be together forever and that's when mm-hmm. Dean's face kind of changes to like the hmm, choices. we could be together for right and yeah. so like it's it's not oh a, a better brother than Sam because he at that point he's like why would I want you to be my brother yeah, like, that's and then weird. he's like we could be together
1: <laughs> forever to Dean- say.
2: right think- like why would we no that's gross <laughs>
1: And, like, the whole, like, series up to this point, like, so much of Dean's character and how, what he wants, because, like, what they actually say is, like, what whatever floats the guy's boat, that's what they look like, which is, like, yes, physically, obviously. But they're mm-hmm. also talking about, like, emotionally, like, what this person wants. And we know what Dean wants. We know that Dean wants, like, a stable home. We know that he wants a long-term partner. We know that he wants, like, the white picket fucking fence. This has been such a staple of his character over the last four and a half seasons now. And mm-hmm. that isn't a brother thing. Like you can yeah. have, he yeah. has he has a brother, he has Sam, and obviously like their relationship is rocky right now, but like he doesn't need a brother. What he wants, what he needs is that, that sort of loving, like romantic partnership. Like that's what he has, like, you know, you talk about like when in 310, in going through his mind he sees the picnic with Lisa so like the siren reading him and being like oh yeah what he wants is like a brother I honestly kind of feels like very surface level and kind of less interesting in terms of like what the siren could do to him emotionally like Mm -hmm. you know yeah and I feel
3: like Dean and Sam have their rough patches all the time because that's what the show is about um Mm -hmm. but like them going through this right now is not like an always thing like they are so devoted to each other or like they love each other so much like the siren just picking at this one temporary problem seems like a cop-out like it's just not I can't imagine that Dean would be that swayed by it just because like they've been through so much already like they'll get through whatever they're dealing with now yeah
0: it's really funny because like the entire plot like like I think there's like Two lines in the entire episode that hint at the siren wanting to fill the brother role in Dean's life. Like, if you just take out that tiny little, like those two lines, and you just make them romantic, the the mm-hmm. entire plot makes a whole lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you just switch it from "Oh, don't you want me to bring your younger brother?" to "Oh, your younger brother would never approve of us." Mm. Like suddenly everything makes a whole lot more sense because it's it's just like, we even see in this episode, like the sirens don't necessarily have their victims target the people they want to replace because the final victim that we see, like, kills his mother. So it's like, the sirens clearly, it's not like a... They just want to be the most important. They yes. don't necessarily want to be the same as what they're replacing. Exactly. Like, it's right. not mm-hmm. like, if we, if we only ever saw them, like, kill the wives or whatever, then it's like maybe... The whole idea is that they kill and then replace sort of thing mm-hmm. but it's like they've already established that's not the case so like yeah it doesn't make any sense and also they could have just made the fucking fbi agent a female women can be yeah. fbi agents too yeah. and suddenly they're like right. this is gay like do we be
3: homophobic or misogynistic oh god it's i like- mean and they're already
0: being misogynistic Let's do both. Like, this, <laughs> yeah, this entire okay so what gets me about the way they've done sirens right Typically, in mythology, sirens they lure sailors to their death, and they even say that in the episode. And they even say that in the episode, they mm-hmm. lure sailors to their death. They do not lure sailors in, so the sailors will go and murder other people. Why the fuck are they adding this unnecessary thing of like Self them having abuse. to kill the female in their life?
1: Like,
0: yeah, yeah. you know, that why may... are they murdering women for this goddamn shit? They could have just murdered the men,
2: right? You
1: know that meme where it's that guy and he's like wearing the red. and He's got like a sweaty brow and he's looking at like the two buttons and he's deciding yes, which one to push. Yes. Literally, homophobia or misogyny, and it's like, oh, oh, okay. What about supernatural? Always. See, I, I, have I have two, two hands. hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I press both. And occasionally,
0: yes. an, an extra special third racism button comes in, and they get mm. that yep. one too. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, and and they're like, like absolutely.
2: Heads, the hands and forehead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, forehead. <laughs> yeah.
3: Jamie, you're talking about how, like, if it, if they had just changed it to like, Sam wouldn't approve of us, that makes it so much better because like Dean is obviously heavily closeted. If Mm -hmm. you know, you believe Dean is bi, like that would play into his fears so easily, like so compelling. Mm -hmm. Why can't we have good things? (laughs) Not that that's good being (laughs) like so closeted that you're afraid that your brother would hate you.
2: Yes, narratively it would have been so good. We have a theory on raising Perdition that at one point in Dean's formative years, he did express his bisexuality, and John was like, "I hate that about I hate that about you." Yeah, Yeah. right. And so Dean would be afraid that yeah, Sam would say the same thing because if this one man who was so important in his life told him that that was so disgusting about him, then why wouldn't this you know second man who's also so important in his life? So yeah, I think that. that would have been a much better plot like my brother would never agree with this if Mm -hmm. if i if this was the case
1: my theory on like the the john and early life homophobia thing is that i think at some point john either would have like caught him out with a guy or like found like Mm -hmm. you know some kind of magazine or like something and i think his argument would have been like what if sam finds out like what would sam think because i think that he would know like john is so controlling and he knows mm-hmm. what buttons to push particularly with dean to like keep him yeah. up his thumb and i think he would know that the thing that would scare him the most would be like either the threat of sam being removed from him or the mm-hmm. threat of mm-hmm. sam like choosing to leave him or like disliking him for whatever reason like i think yeah. that and john would know that and so my mm-hmm. thing is that yeah he can't tell sam even though sort of most evidence if not all evidence suggests that sam would be very chill with it you know, yeah, if not, yeah. if not, at least like surprise. But like, ultimately, like fine with it. I think that that fear of like John being like, well, what would Sam think? You know, mm-hmm. would th- be too too much.
0: I think that's also really funny because from what I've seen, there's like the ca- like it's sort of half canon, half not sort of like head canon that Dean was sort of working as a prostitute to be able to mm-hmm. feed him and Sam. And it's like in that case, it's like if John was homophobic. Unless he could weaponize Dean's bisexuality, then it's like,
2: right.
0: there's layers right. to that trauma, you know? Yeah. Yes.
1: I think for, uh, certainly for like a young Dean, it does not seem out of the realm of possibility that any expression of his sexuality, anything other than straight, would have immediately been weaponized against him or used
0: as a threat, mm-hmm. especially
1: yeah. in regards to, to Sam as well.
0: And that's why he looked so surprised into the confession because he didn't realize that Kaz would be okay if he come out as gay.
3: Such a good point, Jamie.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really nice
1: having guests because <laughs> people get to share in like what, <laughs> what what the experience is really like. Hearing Jamie say things, Dean never live. came back to Cass
0: because he was worried that Cass was traumophobic. Mm.
1: It's the
2: religious trauma.
3: It's the religious trauma. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: we've all been there. <laughs> I was gonna say it's really nice. I it's really nice to have like. A persona to put behind your tweets because yes. they are <laughs> so unhinged sometimes. Um, so, like, it makes sense. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's, it's a dulcetry. The pieces are
1: coming sense. together. So, we kind of got into a bit of a deep dive on sad things to do with Ding. Uh, so, maybe every other week. Does anyone have any other, like, particular points you wanted to bring up about anything at all?
3: Um, I don't know, like points, but I did like the part where like Dean is like, Oh, the Odyssey. And then Sam looks at him like, what? And he's like, I read. Because mm-hmm. one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say that Dean is not smart, because he is one of the yeah. smartest people on this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> but not in the sense of like Bobby's smart because obviously both Sam and Dean are very dumb. But yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> but I guess, and the bar isn't
1: high. <laughs> yeah.
3: But like Dean pretends and like has this mask of like oh I'm just you know like the brother who kills things and hunts things that's all Mm -hmm. I'm good for uh Sam's the brainiac the nerd Dean is such a nerd and he's very smart so like just because he's not
0: laptoping it up like Sam (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) I do think that that was like quite a big stereotype that they really tried to push particularly in season one which is I think when they were trying to set up the dynamic of the brothers and like who they were and it's funny because like you're right it, it's quite a mask and it's not even a particularly well constructed one because no. like dave's like oh like nerd but then like every other fucking sentence he's making some bloody geeky as pop culture reference yes. like it's it. yeah there's no real substance to that claim
3: Dean Dean's concept like Dean's definition of a nerd is purely like an academic brainiac person yeah and he does not understand what a nerd means in like fandom spaces yeah or like, like just loving Lord of the Rings or just geeking out over his car in Led Zeppelin so much is
1: no. a nerdy
3: thing to do yeah.
1: exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly and um it is also one of my pet peeves when people say that Dean is, is stupid and I also think that it kind of coming back to like Sam stuff and him having a weird perception on things I also kind of think Sam buys into that like I think Sam thinks Dean is a bit stupid and like I think that explains Mm -hmm. his reaction in that scene Mm -hmm. and I think it's a bit depressing
3: I think that Dean has like constantly like put Sam on this pedestal being like you're gonna go to college or like even though like he was sad that Sam left I don't I personally don't feel like Dean ever like made him like feel bad for going to college and I feel like Dean probably always supported Sam and like high school middle school like he wanted Sam to like have a stable enough life like he to make good grades and to study even though he might like maybe make fun of him a little bit but like Dean always told Sam that he was very proud of him and that he was very smart John would have never done that to Dean in front of Sam yeah
0: I think Dean was happy in theory like in reality he wasn't happy at all he didn't want Sam to leave like that was his biggest fucking fear that Sam would leave Mm -hmm. but I think like in theory it was like well this is all I've ever wanted for you so like I'm not going to I'm not going to stop you I'm not going to try and dissuade you because this is this is what I wanted for you just because I'm miserable as a result like yeah Sam's happiness is worth more than his misery essentially is yeah Oh, wow, that was really serious. Sorry. I meant to bring the bullshit to the pod. That's my job.
1: One thing I do want to talk about while we're kind of on the topic of Sam and Dean and their, like, dichotomy, I suppose. At the end of the episode, I wanted to point out that when they're leaning up against the Impala, um, seeing sort of seeing Bobby off, Dean is fully wrapped in John's leather jacket. Like, he's, like, really cocooned in that thing. And Sam is wearing... I can't remember, like, some sort of overshirt, but he's got a bright red undershirt. Like, it's very prominent. And Sam and the color red from the first episode of this season has been such a, like, it's everywhere. He's, like, saturated in it. Sorry,
3: a side note. I listened to your Lazarus Rising episode and (laughs) I had never thought about the color like I know like those colors represent those characters Mm -hmm. but I did not ever make the connection of that episode being so prominent with their colors and it blew my mind
1: (laughs) you should go back and watch it because it's it's I'm so excited too (laughs) I'm I'm so
3: excited for it to like forever change the way I look at Lazarus Rising like I sorry I had to interject that I was blown (laughs) away
0: I'm so glad that it affected someone else the same way it affected me (laughs) I would just like to say though huh they have watched it a million times and they've never noticed it. So you cannot expect me to notice it on the first one.
3: I, I, I think the only part I ever noticed was like the blue for Cass. Cause like, it is like, so like, like the so, barn scene is just almost completely blue. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but like, like the Twilight red and the hiding. green. Yes. Check, got our daily Twilight reference in. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that was a quota that we had, <laughs> but all right. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, admit it we we mentioned twilight like each at least every second week probably yeah
3: (laughs) i know whatever episode i just left off on there was a twilight oh it was the the bed the gay bed set sit oh yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) of that episode i was just
1: sitting here thinking like yeah it's a good joke Jamie, but i don't think we talk
0: about it that much I'm still, I'm still waiting to get my reviews like is it is it gay to watch your homie have nightmares like is that gay because i think it is
3: <laughs> i think it's pretty gay <laughs> i think watching over someone's sleep is like inherently romantic and so if it's very bros, intimate it's pretty yeah. gay if it's
0: <laughs> yeah especially considering this episode they were literally like you know what dean doesn't want a woman <laughs>
1: I swear to God, this show is just so full of choices that like they never ever (laughs) thought about in like a linear sense. They're like, we're gonna make this one isolated decision for funsies. And then like an episode later, we're gonna make another completely isolated, unrelated decision for funsies. And then you step back and you look at it and you're like, huh, you keep making these really interesting decisions that you seem to think are isolated and unrelated.
3: You can't make one isolated decision and be like, LOL, it's not going to affect anything. Like, sorry, Mm -hmm. it does. You now have that knowledge for the entire rest of the show that this certain thing happened.
0: And it's going to affect how you view. And with that, I'd like to reveal my theory that Dean is asexual. Excellent. Well, this entire episode, it's predicated on the premise that the siren takes the form of, like, sexually, whatever the victim's looking for. Except for in this episode, he doesn't take a sexual form with Dean. He takes a brotherly form with Dean therefore prioritizing other forms of love over sexual and also if you look at the scene we're in the strip club it's like dean is excited for the idea of girls but then when they actually get there none of the girls hold his interest even Mm. slightly asexual dean i'm telling you i'm pulling representation out of this motherfucker if i do nothing else
3: (laughs) supernatural be damned there will be queer representation
2: (laughs) no i had something about the strippers as well that kind of goes along with that so like I feel like we get a lot of Dean saying he loves strippers mm. in the whole show. Like it's, it's a character treat for him.
1: The most performing man to ever perform. Yes.
2: <laughs> it's like he's in love with the idea of strippers,
0: but doesn't actually right. like them in
2: practice. But, or maybe that he, um, like relates to strippers because they're outcasts in society, at least, especially at the time this was made. Mm-hmm. Um, Or because there's something different about them. Compared to everybody else. Or because they quote unquote sell their bodies. Mm. They're sexualized beings. Like these are things that he can relate to. More than he finds attractive in strippers. He kind of yeah. feels like that camaraderie I guess. With oh. <laughs> those strippers. And,
3: yeah. yeah and like, like strippers like no- notoriously. Like they have like a set like personality. Like they're putting on a front yeah. of like who they are. Yes. Which is very something Dean does all the time. Like mm-hmm. constantly like. Yeah. Making yeah. someone think that he's one way when they're not.
0: I'm telling you, asexual Dean Winchester. <laughs> asexual Dean Winchester. You had it here first, folks. <laughs> yep. Look,
1: I'm a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> On your point, Hannah, I'm thinking of Free to Be You and Me in season five. And Dean has a quote about sex workers. And the, the quote is this whole industry runs on absent fathers or, or mm-hmm. runs on daddy issues. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> and I do find that really interesting, like tied in with what you were just saying about like, maybe it's more of he relates to people in these situations or in these careers. Yeah. You know, like I, I do think that's kind of interesting because he would absolutely fit into that mold. Um, and especially with what Jamie was saying earlier about like, there's a lot of discussion in like fandom and things about like Dean turning tricks when they were younger you know I think that all there is a lot of narrative ties that I, I don't think we can fully actually appreciate it in this sort of like discussion format I think it's one of those things where like you either don't think about it or you write like a thesis on it like it's got to be like yeah yeah thousand words worth of like analytical you know discussion tying it across the entire 15 seasons Because otherwise, I feel like it always feels like you you forget something or you miss something from the conversation. But yeah, it's very fascinating, if nothing else.
0: So my entire point: asexual Dan Winchester. He puts on such a front of like being sexually active and sexualizing, and it's like, well, it's performative. It's performative. Like his entire thing is performative. It's like, are you sure, buddy?
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's very performative.
0: All right. So as you know, every week I make a PSA. We've already made our PSA for this week. You can relax. I'm not going to make a guess again. But I would just like to say my first ever PSA in the pilot was do not drive while on the fucking phone. We see Dean driving while he's on the phone and they do it so often and it drives me insane. It's like they literally have an entire episode where it's like this woman is driving distraught on the phone and she fucking dies. Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things is specifically the episode. And it drives me insane every time. It's like you literally have an episode that says this is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And then you're constantly having your protagonists do it. And they should have listened really to our podcast before they made the show. (laughs) That was really inconsiderate of them. They would have known that.
1: (laughs) So I want to speed run just a couple of points. First of all, all of the personalities that the siren takes on up until Nick are all named after Disney princesses. And, like, when Dean is explaining them to the guy who runs the club, he, like, is giving descriptions that are very specific to those Disney princesses as well. And I was like, that feels like a weird choice.
3: Like, did the writers just need, like, several girl names? And they're like, let's just do the Disney princesses. Why not? (laughs)
1: Like, who's going to know? It's fine. Moving right along from that, I do kind of like the guy who this is gonna be a weird sentence but the guy who we see murder his wife at the very start with the meat tenderizer love him. <laughs> he's my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> right up there with the reaper from faith it, it's like it
3: goes back and forth for me you know yeah, who exactly you
1: <laughs> it's really tough first of all that would be a horrible way to go but second of all Ooh. when sam and dean are sort of interviewing him he really takes accountability for the fact that it was his decision to kill her. And like, he was like, no, no, I was cognizant the whole time. I knew exactly what I was doing. I can't explain why, like, I can't explain my fucking logic. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: like, you know, I think the quote is like, the stripper didn't do it. I did it. And I'm going to take that like accountability. And I did appreciate that. I liked that he wasn't like trying to weasel his way out of it or be like, you know, I'm innocent in all of this. Like, I, she, mm. she, she corrupted me. She convinced me. I did kind of like that. He was like, no, no, like, I did that. I can't explain why I did that. But
0: I definitely did it. And I'm willing to accept that consequence. It's like, I don't know yeah. why I wanted to do it at the time. But at the time, I did want to do it.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And quick shout out to Dean saying, you can call me Dean. And Kara being like, Dr. Roberts. I, <laughs> yeah. I love that. What a move. Like, just, yeah. mm, it was beautiful. I also don't think Sam forgot his phone. I think Dean pickpocketed him when he calls the most recent number Mm -hmm. because when Sam comes back in and Dean's like, oh yeah, you forgot your phone. Sam's not going to forget his fucking phone. Not on the case, especially. Like not when they're splitting up. That's literally, I don't think we ever see that ever.
0: (laughs) I mean, we (laughs) can see Dean once lose his wallet. we,
1: We did see that. We did see that. But no, I think that I don't think Sam would have forgotten to take his phone. I think Dean pickpocketed yeah. him.
3: Also, Sam looks very confused. He's like, yeah. I got my phone. Like
1: exactly. he also was like
3: worried because he left his phone. But like, mm-hmm. I think mostly he's just like, it's just on the table. I left yeah. my phone right. on the table.
1: Yeah. Like you would have seen it when you were getting up to leave. Like it's, yeah, no. So I think Dean pickpocketed him.
0: Also, what would have happened if that phone call was literally just Bobby? Like, because what you actually hear of the phone call, it, he could have literally been talking to Bobby. Like, he doesn't ever use, like, mm, it doesn't ever just, say, like, Ruby. He doesn't say anything that he wouldn't say. It's like, it's, oh, like, yeah, I've heard about this case. Like, yeah, it's suspicious because of the lie. Yeah. It's not suspicious because yeah. of the context of the phone call. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, like, I guess his behavior leading up, like, Dean is just now, like, constantly aware of what Sam is and doing. And I feel like
2: if he were talking to Bobby, he, like, wouldn't be secretly doing it in the bathroom. Yeah.
3: Can we just talk about briefly how dumb it is that Sam decided to take the call in the bathroom? Why didn't he go outside? Like,
2: <laughs> also with the it's door the slightly open.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're at a hotel, like a motel. Just like step outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I've, it's he's literally just being arrogant and cocky, and he thinks he's too good to get caught. Like, yeah. Honestly. Such a silly mistake. Yeah. Silly. Exactly. The audacity, honestly. Also. We talked about Bobby a little bit earlier, but just the fact that he has all of those phones with have like masking tape and it's specifying like FBI. I love the phone wall. So funny. I think it's such a fun touch and it just makes sense. Like it makes so much sense Mm -hmm. for Bobby to have that.
0: I think it's really fun. a question about that one though. Okay. So from what I can tell, each time they like, they pretend to be like an FBI agent, they don't necessarily use the same names Mm. each time so what happens if like bobby is flawless bobby's never gonna slip up but what happens if bobby get like bobby doesn't know what their aliases are that week Mm. and like that they specifically ask like oh so can you just confirm which two agents
2: agents you've
0: assigned and then bobby says the wrong names because he doesn't know (laughs) who they're pretending to be that week. like maybe it just seems like yeah
1: There's like a mm. an email blast
0: that
3: goes out. Yeah. Like, BTW, I'm being this rock alias this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good question though, Jamie. I don't know. He just gets lucky all the time. And every time they call, they're like, what about your agent Monroe? And he's like, ah yes, yeah. Agent Monroe. <laughs> he's supposed to be there.
2: <laughs>
1: For sure. Okay. So I think that the last major thing that we probably all are looking to talk about is gonna be the end of the episode the fight scene with sam and dean while they are both sort of under the influence and they're really just trying to kill each other i think there's a a lot to talk about there
0: i i I do have a place to start okay they kind of parallel like the siren and ruby a bit in this episode which is really weird oh okay elaborate on that please because it's sort of like they have the siren who's like Basically, their whole MO is they're trying to be like the most important person and like manipulate them into doing things they wouldn't normally do, which is Ruby's entire thing. So it's really fascinating that in the argument that the siren starts, the argument, one of the key massive issues that the argument is about is Ruby and what Sam's doing with Ruby and how it's almost like Ruby's sort of half like stepping into the position previously held by Deem of like sam's advisor who like they work together on cases like they work together to find cases like it's interesting that like that is one of the crucial like the foundational issues that they're having this argument under the siren spell about when it's like that's kind of like one of the things that's happening here and the reason why this is sort of like all happening you know what i mean yeah that's actually a really interesting point i hadn't thought about it that way
1: you're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to need a sec to catch up to
3: that. Yeah. No, I really, I, I enjoy that analysis. For someone who doesn't like the character development part, you know?
0: Right? She's always saying, she's like,
3: no. You take
2: that back right now.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I shall not be accused of caring about this dumpster fire of a TV. Show. <laughs> I won't take it back. I stand by it.
1: I think that it is a, it's a really interesting point though. Like, I think you're right. Like, Ruby ultimately... And in very similar ways, actually, because like we have talked uh, earlier this season, like Ruby being very sort of giving Sam a lot of leeway and saying like, "Hey, like maybe I should step back. Like you know, Dean wouldn't like this. Um, you know, you need to talk to him. You need to." And like it's pretty clear that she's like trying, like trying to manipulate him in some way or other. But the way that she's approaching it is in a very backhanded way. Like it's very like I'm going to be supportive about this, but it's like that's not her actual intent yeah. it's just it's the like way reverse that she's framing yeah reverse psychology yeah. exactly like yeah. she's presenting herself in one way but with a different ulterior motive and, and it's very similar like with the siren
0: in this episode and then you also have the added layer of the siren like the way they like put them under the spell is through like their own bodily secretion and then my demon blood bubble tea theory oh my god! Comes <laughs> in like, how you're just smiling.
2: you're connecting all of the dots. <laughs> Same Bubble tea. I connected the dots.
1: <laughs> I swear Demon God. blood.
2: Bubble tea. If I have to. <laughs> Sorry, that's just what I call my theory. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
3: well, such right. a good point, Jamie. That's- Thank you that That's so gross, <laughs> and I can't get over the tea. <laughs>
2: jamie's demon
1: blood theories go all the way back to simon said in like season two episode five and so the she's just been like
0: demon blood (laughs) demon blood the entire time dean has this one line that it's like normally they say like oh you're not the killer it's not in your blood right that's that's the that's the common phrase dean Mm -hmm. for some reason goes you're not
3: a killer it's not in your bones I honestly don't remember, but I'll have to. We're getting close to that episode.
1: I'll
0: think. We are. We're really close about <laughs> Sam's blood,
1: and then mm. of course we get the reveal that Azazel, you know, was like dropping the blood, and then it just spiraled from there. So here we are, demon blood bubble tea. I think we decided he gets no sugar, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but oh,
3: extra
1: absolutely. pearls or something. Yeah. Like- <laughs>
2: Are the pearls the demon um, blood or yeah, is the tea like the, the, the demon little blood? A little bit of demon blood, a little bit of power. Oh, a big bit of demon
0: blood, a lot of bit of power. That's a good question, Hannah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. Are the are the? it's not a real question, Jamie. Are the pearls, are the pearls the demon blood or is the tea the demon blood? <gasps> oh my God, like demon blood popping pearls or it's like the pearls with like the.
0: In like yeah. a milk tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a genius. <laughs> 10 out of 10, no comments. You're a genius. <laughs>
3: You know, I didn't really know what to expect while, uh agreeing to come on the podcast, but I've got to say, it's it's been really it's, it's, it's been, been really great.
1: Fun. I
0: was about to say it's too late now, yeah,
3: We're almost... I didn't think we'd be talking about Demon when Blood literally tea.
1: less than 24 hours notice. You didn't prepare for this? Yeah, I did
3: prepare for that. No, I didn't. It wasn't it wasn't in my notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's really fun cuz like Abby Joe on our podcast has not seen the show. So like we deal with her all the time, but you guys have like very like different ways of going about like what you don't know because like Jamie's just like I'm gonna think of something to fill in this gap and that's what I'm gonna yeah. go with. <laughs> Abby's just like I don't
2: know. <laughs> We're like, pieces, but... Abby, what do you think happens in season two? And she's like, I don't know. I haven't seen it. We're like, that is the point. Abby. That would be that would be
1: better for
0: my general sanity, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. That was like the first like half a season, like the first half of season one that we recorded was very much that way. I was like I don't know what's happening. Like I have no <laughs> jack shit. Like I, and then I realize like I have the best armor. I can say whatever the fuck I want, and really? Beth is not allowed to respond because of spoilers. Free pass, no consequences. We can't say you're right. wrong because then that's yeah.
3: confirming that it's wrong, and we can't yeah. say you're right because that's confirming mm-hmm. that it's right. <laughs> like, Literally, her Beth favorite forced to
1: engage with me.
3: On her it. favorite thing is to look at me
0: and be like, "Well, prove me wrong. <laughs> Do it." <laughs> Spoil the show. <laughs>
3: <I'm> like, Abby, <laughs> Abby Joe once looked at me and was like. It was before we knew that John died. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, what happens to John? Like, and I was like, I don't know. And she was like, you're a lying. <laughs> you,
0: you literally you know, know what, what happens.
3: And I was like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what happens to John. And she's like, you're a lying liar who lies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're a lying you me to through your teeth. Yeah, I
0: realized it was very frustrating because like Beth wasn't going to actually tell me anything. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll fill in the blanks myself.
3: <laughs> Demon bubble teeth.
1: Exactly, we go demon bubble tea the good supernatural that lives in jamie's head is wild wild
0: (laughs) (laughs) while we're talking about the sacred good supernatural that lives in my head i need to i need to chat with you guys every guest that comes on the show i have to talk to them about this but ava was robbed right like she was reigning champ for five fucking months and then sam comes in and kills her and she was fucking robbed like I'm sorry she was robbed and if they had her win the demon hunger games and then have Sam kill her but it'd be like kind of that's like did they kill her did they not and then like she could be working with Lilith like the emotional payoff of it being someone that Sam knows someone that had saved Sam's life and someone that he cares about what I love Artist Hodge who plays Jake because he's also in Leverage which is my favorite show of all time but I'm sorry, the emotional payoff of Jake is fucking nothing. What the fuck would these people want?
3: Well, a woman couldn't be the... (laughs) (laughs) sexism.
0: (laughs) It's the misogyny button. (laughs) They said misogyny, misogyny. And then they killed off Jake anyway, so they're like, surprise, racism. Yep. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And the fun thing is that episode also has homophobia. Oh, God, it's the
1: trifecta. There you go. All the time factor.
3: Yeah, they were two hands, forehead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like Ava, like, had girl bossed her way, you know, Mm -hmm. for five months. Like, Mm -hmm, she had it down. There's Mm -hmm. no reason why that she should have slipped up the way she did. Exactly.
2: Getting back to
1: today's episode. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Oh, don't apologize. This happens all the time. And also, it's a delight. That was
0: the compulsory Ava was robbed section of the podcast. (laughs)
1: Let's jump back into the fight scene jamie you started on a point a little bit ago i can't remember what the point
0: was the oh the the parallels between ruby and the siren and the way they're manipulating wow we've really got sidetracked from that but yes (laughs) yeah we did (laughs) well you know who could have manipulated sam better ava moving on
1: (laughs) jamie's forever going to be salty about ava i think i don't i don't foresee (laughs) it ending anytime soon we're going to be season 15 and she's going to be like do you know what would make this better (laughs) ava I want to talk about Sam and Dean and their little spat uh, under the influence of the Siren's Venom. And I want to talk about it specifically in regards to possession because the pos- like, possessions that we've seen so far in the show are very different to the way that the Siren's Venom works. And like we also get that sort of confirmed in the dialogue when they ask the guy straight up, like, did you feel like something was possessing you? And he was like, no. like I was very clearly thinking in my own head, I was making those decisions. There was nothing, you know, making a decision for me. I want to talk okay. about the difference between Sam and Dean having arguments like this when one of them is possessed versus them having this argument where we know that they're not being forced to say anything. We know that they are mm-hmm. actually thinking clearly and they are speaking their mind. It's just that they don't have the usual like filter that yes, they the would wall employ.
0: They have a different goal to what they normally would. Because we have seen them have
1: arguments like this before. And the one that came to mind for me was the argument in Asylum when Sam is possessed by the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And they have that whole, like, monologue and he's, like, absolutely shitting on Dean. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the episode, they're like, hey, man, like, you know, that wasn't me talking like, you know, that that was the possession. And they're like, yay, like whatever. And like, obviously, it's like a bit tense for a while, but ultimately they move on because he was actually possessed. I argued in that episode that I think that some of the things that Sam said, like, I think that he does believe them. I just think that he would never yeah. actually say them. Like, I don't think he yes. would ever actually weaponize them. This episode,
0: however, I think is a little bit more uh brazen (laughs) I think there's just less plausible deniability in this episode like because you see it in like skin and that as well and it's like every time they've had an argument like this in the past they could argue but that wasn't me that is not what I actually think that wasn't me whereas this one because they've already got explicit confirmation that the siren doesn't do anything but sort of make you want them them everything that you do while under the venom You are kind of choosing to do like, and once you're removed from that situation, you can understand that it's a bad decision, but like, you're still choosing to do it. Like Mm -hmm. the siren doesn't actually force you to do anything. It just changes what you want.
3: Yeah. Cause Nick says like, I know you guys have some things you want to get off your chest, like discuss them. He doesn't prompt them in what they're discussing. He doesn't say Mm -hmm. like, Dean, talk about how you're mad that Sam's keeping secrets and like he doesn't prompt them at all it's all from their own brain
1: and he knows that he doesn't have to prompt them because he can read their minds so like he knows what is on the forefront of their like you know issues right now I think like the other thing about it that is interesting is that this is the first time that both of them have been under the influence of the same thing simultaneously so like Mm -hmm. before like with asylum or with skin only one of them was being like altered I guess, mm-hmm. by the monster. And so they could, with plausible deniability, say to their brother, hey, that wasn't me. Like, I couldn't control myself kind of thing. But now Sam says to Dean, hey, you know, that wasn't me talking. But Dean knows. Like, he had right. the same experience. And he's like, well, I was telling the truth. So, like, I, he, he's like, yeah. I only opened up about things that are actually bothering me. I am yeah. worried about you and Ruby. I am worried about you being secretive and not telling me the whole truth like those are things that I am worried about and I wasn't being compelled by the monster to bring them up I wanted to so Mm -hmm. why should it be any different for Sam and I think that's the difference for them as well
3: yeah the brother moment by the car that we have to have at the end of every episode like the way that Sam brings up like hey like I just think it's interesting that it's Sam, the one who brings up, like, I didn't mean any of those things that I said, because Sam's the one who is still hiding things or wants to hide things. And so Mm -hmm. he wants to like put that front back on of being like, it was all possession. Like we were just like, I I don't think that Sam can even be truthful with himself that he
2: meant those things. I think also because the things they say to each other are very different. Like, mm-hmm. Dean's concerned about Sam and, like, the path he's heading down and what he's doing. And Sam is just, like, attacking Dean as a hunter and as yeah. a person, saying he's weak. Like, it's it's much yeah. meaner than the mm-hmm. things Dean's saying. And so Sam's like, you, you know, like, I didn't mean any of that. Like, I was being really hateful. But, like, that was just the siren. And Dean, yeah, Dean's like, but... I meant the things I said so like you probably also did it doesn't make me feel better so and it's also like the thing is that Sam doesn't only like Sam isn't not
1: only being really directly like attacking Dean's like personhood not just his behaviors or his actions but him as a person but he's also Mm -hmm. attacking the things that Dean is most insecure about like it's you are too weak you're holding me back I'm a better hunter than you. I'm stronger, I'm smarter, and I can take out demons that you're too scared to go near. You're too busy sitting around feeling bad for yourself, whining about all the souls you tortured in hell. Boo hoo. Like, fuck, you know. And
0: I would just like to say for the record that the only reason Sam can defeat demons when Dean can't is because he's fucking them first.
2: (laughs) Such a good point. Lulling them into a sense of security. Yeah. Yep. (laughs)
3: So Sam is a siren. Is that your take? Is that your yeah, but for demons specifically. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, it's something about the demon blood
0: stuff, like
3: having exactly with the tea, like demon blood
2: pearls. Yeah, just got
3: something in it. Yeah. (laughs) The way that like Dean brings up his things, like he's like, it's not even you know the psychic crap, like all the big things that Sam's doing. He's like, it's the little things, Mm -hmm. like the little lies Mm -hmm. and like hiding stuff from me. And then Sam's like, oh, really? Well, you're not smart and you're not strong and I'm better than you. And you're like, damn,
1: Sam.
0: Especially considering like Dean's like main thing is you're hiding your interactions with Ruby from me, which is like, that's one of the really big things that Dean's really latched onto, which Mm -hmm. is really weird because as of like 409, 410, Dean was starting to trust Ruby. Mm -hmm. We see in that episode, like maybe not trust her, but like, there's sort of like a begrudging respect there. So if Sam had just said, Oh, hey, Ruby reached out and let me know that there might be a case here, let, let's go and have a look and check see, it if, check it out, see if there's anything happening there. Dean probably, probably would have
1: taken that. I've Dean like, probably okay. would have been
0: like, Okay, like there's yeah. only a reason to be hiding his interactions with yeah. Ruby if Sam knows that him and Ruby are doing something that Dean and the angels are going to be like, shitty about so whatever sam was doing stopped doing because dean asked him to and is now doing again he's definitely now doing it again because otherwise there is no reason for him to hide the conversation he has with ruby because what we hear of it again like it's close enough to a conversation that he could have had with bobby like they're not planning a meet at the bubble tea shop you know what i mean
1: yeah you make a good point like if he had just been upfront front and said hey like ruby called she gave us this yeah. tip yeah like really yeah. at this point outside of thinking that sam's being dodgy he has no reason to be like well we shouldn't follow up on a tip mm-hmm. from ruby like she's proved herself enough yeah. now that he sort of doesn't have a, a leg to stand on on that
3: i think that dean would have like still not like liked ruby and still mm-hmm. would have like mm-hmm. complained about like yeah okay we'll check out what she said but i'm not happy about it but yeah. he wouldn't be like upset with sam necessarily like he would just be like I don't want to listen to a demon
0: it wouldn't be like how dare you speak to Ruby it would be like do I really have to fucking deal with this thing that a demon said like yes yeah I also think it's really interesting that Sam
1: specifies in their argument like oh so I need your say so to make a phone call because I think that one really consistent trait of Sam's as a character from season one like especially with Dean and with John in particular is that he hates doing things if he's told to do them like, yes, he yeah. just hates authority. Yes. so true. much. Like, Dean presents like he doesn't like authority, but Sam actually hates listening. Right, He will not do anything that anyone tells him to do. Yeah, yes. Dean,
3: Dean actually does like when sometimes there's other people taking authority. Um, Dean likes but... structure. Dean likes structure,
1: you know? Yeah. But yeah, Sam is like, you're going to tell me what to do? I'm going to fuck you up about it. Like, <laughs> so I'm going to do the exact opposite yeah. out of spite.
0: yeah exactly
1: (laughs) exactly.
0: i do look it's really bugging me and we kind of touched on it earlier but i do want to talk a little bit more about the law they've built around the sirens because it kind of really like it just annoys me if it helps i don't
1: think sirens come back i think this is they don't
0: yeah yeah they might like sirens
3: briefly mention like oh this hunter was on a case yeah but we don't see any
2: sirens or anything
0: Sorry, obviously the first thing that's really annoying me is the way they've changed it from like the men are so desperate to be with the siren that they sort of kill themselves in the process. I'm really mad that they got rid of that concept in favour of the men will literally kill anyone to be with the siren, despite the fact they were already kind of with the siren. Like, And also the fact that they changed the siren song, like this that sort of like that allure, that pull, that sort of like aura that's just meant to be around the siren drawing everyone in to oh yeah no they fuck them and then something in their saliva drives them insane you know like that drives me insane because it makes no sense based on the law where like the sailors would literally jump from the ship to get to the sirens like how did that piece of like Mm law come about if the way the siren works is there's something in their fucking spit. You know what I mean? Like, right. How does that make any sense to be a piece of law that's like been passed down through the centuries and they clearly reference it because they reference the Odyssey in which that is how sirens work. To be like, oh no, that's just like that's wrong. This is how it actually works. That annoys me. And then I also want to know how potent the like siren's venom is, because the first several victims they need to physically have sex with the siren where presumably bodily fluids are being swapped to be enthralled enough to kill their loved one. And then like it spits on Sam's face. Obviously that's plenty to like get him enthralled. But like, Dee literally shares a, a flask with, the, did did the siren spit into the flask? Like- <laughs> Yeah, he just,
3: yeah. It's <laughs> like so now, it. oh, It's, like,
0: it's the tiniest little, how did- Because otherwise, it's like, yeah, Dean's been enthralled for like at least an hour at this point. By the time Sam gets back, Sam gets back, and like, but they get to the motel room and all that, it's been probably at least an hour, right? And if he only got the tiniest little bit of venom that was on like the lip of the car, how is Dean still enthralled? Well, to be
1: fair, we don't see that hour. Yeah i think exactly
0: i think, I think they threw fiction, the brother yeah. thing out
1: the window briefly
3: and they made out in the car <laughs> i agree <laughs> like
0: that little bit was enough to get him kind of like half yes. enthralled and then from mm-hmm. there he could use it but it's just yeah. really weird because like it goes directly from like that thing to like the siren being like you should kill your brother yeah and then being like yeah i should kill my brother that's a great idea that's such,
3: such a good point
0: so it's like how strong is it and why was it like specifically necessary to change it from like the general aura and allure? lure to, like, specifically having a swap spit, essentially. I'm thinking
3: about the fight scene and when, like, Bobby comes in. I feel like when Bobby comes in, he stabs Dean's shoulder and then he, like, turns to throw the knife. Sam specifically says no, like, to, like, protect the siren dean is just like i mean of course he has just been stabbed you know <laughs> yeah. but like he he isn't like being like no bobby like he could he's the one standing he could like physically try to stop bobby and he's just like standing there so he could be having his like effects wear off
0: we know at this point that stabbing's just dean's way of saying hello um, <laughs> what i will say though is i'm kind of disappointed that bobby didn't stab sam because then that would have led to a very fun bit in which i go sam is very stabbable so Lilith keeps yeah, on trying yeah. to kill Sam with fucking magic and it's like you do know Sam is stabbable right like they have stabbed Sam and killed him it was from. a like, major a plot point that yeah.
1: works. we have science proof that Sam is stabbable
2: he is stabbable he is in
0: canon that Sam is stabbable <laughs> proven effective method for killing Sam stabbing.
2: I do also hate though the like how they changed how the how the siren like gets the men i guess i hate that Mm -hmm. too because like i always kind of and maybe this isn't true but like siren actual siren lore it was always it always seemed to me like they drew sailors in because they just like had an innate hatred for men Mm -hmm. and wanted men to die and suffer but in this in this the effective usually women right (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) The women in this episode, I feel like, ultimately suffer because they yeah. die, and like, yeah, the men go to jail, but it, that's not more. Su- I don't think. That. Right, that's not more suffering than dying. Like, that's like being like, oh yeah, Sam suffered more than Jess. It's like
0: Jess burnt alive on a ceiling
3: and didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> also, so- the fact that like mostly the siren takes the form of a woman, so it's another woman, like causing the harm to another woman like mm-hmm. I don't like that messaging at all of, like pitting yeah. women against each other I hate that
1: it does actually kind of remind <laughs> me of skin in that aspect of like taking mm-hmm. the form of the male partner murdering the wife and then mm-hmm. the male partner comes home and takes the rap for it it's a very mm-hmm. similar yeah. sort of concept mm-hmm. I suppose so I guess it's it's it makes it more frustrating because it's clearly not like a one and done kind of thing like they were clearly doing this over and mm. over
0: and they think it's a good fucking idea for some damn reason you know what else it reminds yeah. me of malias maleficarum in oh. which they simultaneously had the most women ever as part of like the secondary cast but then they killed off all of them it's like yep. this mm. episode where you have so many women and they they are all murdered except the
1: the only people who really survive are the two males. They introduce two male characters, and they both live, mm-hmm. and then everyone else dies. And it's like, okay, <laughs> sure, sure, we could do that.
0: <laughs> I also want to just ask, how the fuck Dean and Sam managed to pull this dude's credit card statement? You can't just pull someone's credit card statement, like it's just Sam just laptoping it up.
3: Yeah, Sam is—he's a
1: hacker. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I think it's a plot, 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 convenience, convenience, convenience.
3: Yeah, yeah. they were just
2: like, don't ask. We have it. It's none of your business how we got it. (laughs) Actually, I also did have a little tiny point that I forgot to bring up. It's it's so unimportant, but this is the kind of stuff I talk about on our podcast. That's the tagline of this podcast. (laughs) So So after the siren tells Dean that he needs to kill Sam, the way that Dean says, yeah, his voice is so low and so rumbly. I was just like, oh, my god (laughs) you're so right
1: i also noticed that i was like damn
2: he's really dropping a register i I literally
1: i was looking at my computer and he did that and i was like what so that brings us to the end of the episode jamie and if you guys want to chime in as well how would you rate the episode out of five please be aware the rating is an entirely arbitrary (laughs) number usually jamie will deduct points for things like meg was not in the episode
3: or john John was in the the episode
1: episode.
3: that's a good point though i think that that's valid the
0: number of times i had to exit out of the episode to adjust the brightness up on my laptop so i could actually see. we have talked about
3: this on twitter and how like on our like um tiktok podcast page sometimes i have to enhance like the videos because you literally can't Can't see see the
0: scene yeah. do you feel like you're in a mid 2005 cop show like in, in hearts in hearts yes <laughs> in like, I'm, I like
3: have- Jesus. I'm like do you want me to watch this fucking show or not Like i can't see it
1: <laughs> it's like the bare minimum criteria is so that i can see the thing on my screen I
3: shut myself in a dark room right <laughs> just to see the damn thing
1: genuinely when the finale aired like so the way that the time zones work out is if it was like 8 p.m in the U.S. or 8 9 central I think is the time it used to be it would come out around about 12 ish here and or we would get access to it I don't remember it aired and then we would have access like an hour later so it would be like 12 or 1 p.m and when the finale came out me and my friends who were watching it together we had to wait until it was dark enough outside and because it was November like it was <laughs> sunny so we had to, we had to wait until like nine or ten o'clock at night until it was fucking dark enough that we could see the bloody episode <laughs> and then at that point we didn't want to see it we were like we waited like eight, we could it would have been better if we watched this in the middle of the day and couldn't see the fucking screen like it would have been better yeah. <laughs> anyway ratings
0: my rating this week was three and a half out of five Like it was a fine episode. It was pretty solid. It had some good moments. It had some bad moments. But like the reason I'm not giving it higher is just because they did not think about the implications of any of this bullshit.
3: (laughs) I think my rating would be a solid three. Mm -hmm. I love having like by Dean theories, and I love all that. But the fact that they try to excuse as his brother is unacceptable to me. So yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Mine's a three as well. It's just an average episode. Like I don't. I think most people don't say man sex and violence is my favorite supernatural yeah. episode so <laughs> i think yeah there's just like the lore is just confusing and like there's just a lot of things that slide like the plot is here and it's just like slides under and we don't get to ever know so could have been such
0: a good and fascinating episode and then they
2: just didn't capitalize yeah. on any of
0: it that, that is, honestly absolutely. sums that up that a is lot how supernatural, supernatural is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like wow there's so much they yeah. could have done too bad
1: <laughs> it's like they always they do this thing where they set up like a really interesting premise and then they're like yeah cool pivot 180 and just go the other direction like okay cool the next episode is called death takes a holiday do you have any thoughts feelings fears predictions that you want to go through
0: okay so it's clearly that Reaper from
1: faith oh obviously yes <laughs> and obviously. we like, don't every- actually
0: see anything we just see him going to like hawaii like he's <laughs> just like we're he just takes walking all? around this one reaper all day as he's like chilling in the sun like relaxing and like he sees someone drowning in the ocean and he's like I'm on my day off it's I actually- don't have to deal with that <laughs> yeah. that's not
1: my problem it's actually Hannah's favorite episode of the series yeah, it <laughs> is
0: <laughs> she didn't
3: want to say it because she didn't want to give away that this is the only happy episode in the entire series yeah. like no yeah. implications yeah. of like yeah. sadness That's because
0: we don't see sam and dean's faces on screen once okay like <laughs> right. just yes. following this one reaper no i yep. think it's more likely that maybe they're going on like union strike or whatever and so just like nobody's dying like everyone should be dying and then people who are meant to be dying aren't dying because their souls aren't being taken and so it's like it's
1: because the reapers are on union strike <laughs> yes
3: because they don't
0: get
1: adequately adequately compensated for their work
3: <laughs>
2: that makes sense that makes sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
3: mean, it's that one like paper like, was it. able to easily get like bound to a crazy religious lady. And so like, yeah, there's clearly flaws.
2: <laughs> That's yeah. pretty unfair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the best work conditions for sure. The <laughs> occupational health and safety there is just <laughs> so
0: bad.
1: It's so bad. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you have had as much fun listening as we have recording today. Thank you so very much again to Hannah and Beth for joining us. Did you guys want to run through your uh, users and stuff where people can find you again, just in case they forgot? Obviously, we will also put it in the description of the episode as
3: well. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm Beth Loves casts on TikTok and Twitter, and our podcasts are Raising Perdition and Raising Winchesters.
2: And I'm Hannah Loves Dean. L-U-V-S on TikTok and Twitter. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much again for joining us. It's been a vibe. Thanks for inviting us. It's been
0: really fun. If you want to find us at all, you can find us on all the social medias. All of the links will be in the description below for both Driver Picks the podcast and our other podcast, Beef Stills a podcast. And if you want to talk to us, suggested topics of conversation include Biden theories. How weird the fucking law they decided to go with the sirens was this week. Like, <laughs> what the fuck was up with that?
1: And Mm -hmm. how would you take your demon bubble tea? (laughs) Bye. Bye.